0: my yo And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you, as uh, the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Can't believe it's Thursday already. Uh, January 14th, 2021. The time marches on, right? Just keeps marching ahead. Uh, Another lovely day out today. I hope you're enjoying it. I I don't know if... uh, I haven't looked at the long-range forecast, but so far, so good. We'll ask Jim tomorrow when he joins us on Friday Live uh, if he has any clue if we're going to see any wintry weather. We had that storm in December, but that and that happened a couple of years ago, too. I think we had a storm at the end of November, and that was the only snow we had all year, or wintertime, anyway. Or summer and spring, too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, it is Thursday, and it is Catechism Day, and I thought what I would do today in the Catechism, since the Holy Father has been teaching about prayer, uh, to go to the section in the Catechism on prayer. I also want to share with you, after our prayer time here, uh, from the Second Vatican Council. You know, yesterday we talked about the apostolate of the uh, laity, and uh, there is actually in the Second Vatican Council documents a decree on the apostolate of lay people. So I want to share some of that with you, because I think right now— You know, lay uh, people are being called in a special way by Almighty God. I I believe that. You know, I believe that uh, there are so many of you who tune into this program uh, regularly or listen to the station regularly. Um, You are called, you're being called, you're being called to really make a difference in the world by witness of your faith. And uh, so I want to go back, and this was a document that the Second Vatican Council gave us in November of 1965, so many, many years ago. And, um, you know, one thing that I remember Bishop O'Connell said to me a number of years ago when talking about the Second Vatican Council, he said, it's, it, in the history of the Church, uh, any time there's been a council like this, it usually takes about 50 years <laughs> for the dust to settle before people really grasp what the Holy Spirit was inspiring the participants in the Council to do. And I think we're at that point. We've been at that point, I believe, for a few years now. If you go back and read these documents from the Second Vatican Council, uh, it's not the spirit of Vatican II. It's the actual documents from Vatican II uh, that w- divinely inspired, obviously, uh, Holy Spirit-led, um, And so I want to share some of that with you uh, from the uh, decree on the apostolate of lay people today. But first, we're going to pray, my brothers and sisters. And as always, I invite you to join me wherever you are. Um, Of course, if you're listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations, thank you for that. Uh, But also so many other ways now to listen and watch the program uh, right here, uh, coming to you live at 4.03 Eastern Time but we know that we reach around the world you know, through uh, all these uh, means of communications that we use. So in addition to our radio stations, we can be heard on our live audio stream from our website at domesticchurchmedia.org, also live video streaming there right now um, of this program. We also come to you on the Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. All you have to do is say, play Domestic Church Media, and we will come across those devices in streaming audio. We also uh, come to you streaming on our website, uh, on our um, free mobile app. And you can also watch the program there because we have DCM-TV. It takes you right to our YouTube channel, and you can watch the program live there too. So, so many ways to watch and listen. And as I said the past couple of days, uh, sharing with you, the Lord has really, really placed on my heart, and we're moving forward with this, uh, this inspiration I can't get into a lot of detail yet, but uh, it's coming, and uh, something big. So we can reach more and more people, uh, and I'm very excited about it. So pray for us. Because, you know, one thing we find, and I found this in my entire work in Apostolate, is that when something is truly divinely inspired, Holy Spirit inspired, and you go to do what you need to do to get it done, the old boy, Satan, he gets right in the middle of it, and he will incite people to try to stifle it. And uh, But, you know, God is stronger than Satan, so there's no stopping it. If God wants it, it's going to be. Uh, we're praying the prayer of consecration uh, to the Holy Family, consecrating our families uh, to the Holy Family of Nazareth. A beautiful prayer. So I'm inviting you to pray this prayer. I haven't put it up on our website yet, but we're getting um, uh, bulk copies of this, so I'm going to send it out to you free. Uh, but I have to get it on the website. The order the way to order it. It's free. No no charge. We'll even pick up the postage. But um, it's a beautiful prayer, and this year especially, you know, I'm inviting you to join us in 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 consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So, at each uh, section of this prayer, there'll be an opportunity for you to say, you to pray. We entrust our family to you. We entrust our family to you. So, let's begin, my friends, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mother, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary, and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church, where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady, uh, the uh, Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father, Pope Francis asked us about two and a half years ago to pray both of these prayers every day and to to pray specifically uh, to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we're adding to that to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin amen and we pray jesus mary and joseph we love you pray for us venerable archbishop sheen pray for us saint pope john paul ii pray for us saint joseph terror of demons pray for us our lady of good remedy pray for us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen 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 well thank you my friends as always for praying together and you know, I as every day before I come on the air with you at uh, just a little bit before four o'clock, we run uh, that beautiful prayer to Our Lady of Good Remedy, and it's actually a recording of Cheryl and our children when they were little. Now our children are in their late twenties and early thirties, uh, so a long time ago. Um, but that was the prayer that Mother Angelica recommended to me to pray, as I told her of our desire. Uh, to begin this apostolate and to bring Catholic radio and Catholic media now to uh, this local area of uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, parts of Delaware, parts of Staten Island, even, I said, I got a a donation the other day from someone living in Brooklyn, so I guess we're bouncing across the New York Harbor there. Um, But Mother said to pray that prayer, and she and and her nuns prayed it every day. Her nuns still pray it every day. Our Lady of Good Remedy, for the financial needs of the Apostolate of EWTN, of course, of uh, what we do here. So I pray that prayer every day, and, um, you know, the Lord has sustained us. Our Lady has sustained us over these many years. It's not always been easy, Uh, and we reach times like this, you know, (laughs) January, February, and March— when our donations drop off a little bit because the Christmas bills start coming in, I guess, and people are a little bit more um, uh, uh, concerned about their own finances. We understand that. Uh, You know, we had our Radiothon back in December, and we raised, thanks be to God, through your enormous generosity, uh, a little over $144,000 in Radiothon 2020, which we had postponed from last spring, so... Uh, because of the pandemic. But anyway, we did, uh, again, through your uh, generosity and by God's grace, uh, we're able to raise just a little bit over $144,000, which is about 50% of what we need for the entire year. However, because of the pandemic, when the pandemic hit in the the spring um, and we didn't have our Radiothon, we were falling short every month to the tune of uh, a total of about $48,000, By December, so that 144, we had to take 48 out of that and kind of put it back where it belonged from the (laughs) payback from the previous months. Anyway, uh, bottom line in all this is we still need you, and we need you in a big way. Uh, We're, you know, we're, um, we know the Lord sustains us. We trust, and we always have, and always will, and we know that you will always support us because we need now more than ever to give the church a voice in the media. The media is so much under um people's suspicion these days about what's true, what's real. Uh, you know, there's a lot of spin out there and uh, you know, I I I'll be honest with you, leading up to the election and after the election into Christmas time, I was watching a lot of cable news um and it can really bring you down, you know, it really can just, uh, the, the, the information that you're fed can really weigh an individual down, weigh a heart down. And, uh, you know, now I'm not watching it as much, I try not to anyway, because it's just, I put it, everything in God's hands. You know, I was watching a, a video today from Archbishop Sheen. Um, Now, Archbishop Sheen passed away in uh, um, December of 1979, so this video had to be at least 42, 43 years old, but I'm sure it was done either in the early 70s or late 60s. And it was a teaching from Archbishop Sheen on patriotism, and he was expressing his concerns then on this video. I probably should put it on our website. Um, He was expressing his concerns then about where we were headed as a country. Um, very, very interesting, and as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, this could have been recorded this week, <laughs> or this year anyway, um, because it was all so relevant. And again, there is one of the great examples, Archbishop Sheen, of someone who really, he, Mother Angelica, Father peyton who used the media for the proclamation of the gospel— and we need more of that. Of course, we have EWTN, thanks be to God. We have, you know, a number of uh, Catholic radio stations around the country, a few hundred. Um, but we need more. We have Catholic Internet. But even there, we're getting a little bit confused as to what is the real information. As I said the other day, you know, if, you, if you're if you reading something, an article or a, a quote-unquote news story, and the story is... Um, uh, you know, you're wondering if it's true or not. You're having questions, that, like the the example I used the other, the other day was that silly story that went viral over the weekend about Pope Francis being arrested for child tr- human trafficking. Horrible. Um, you know, if I see something in, a, in, a, in an article, a news story, um, that says this information was obtained from a, Unnamed or anonymous reliable Vatican source I uh, just disregarded immediately. the unnamed anonymous reliable Vatican sources could be anybody saying anything and there is one website out there, one so-called Catholic organization that uses that a lot I won't even give them the the, the give their name as i don't want you going there but i know many of you probably do but if you start reading a story that says this information is uh, came from an unnamed or an anonymous or someone who'd rather remain anonymous reliable source or reliable vatican source just disregard it because it's it's that right away for me is a red flag anyway my point is this is that the media to be used And what we do here is important, and we need you to do what we do. We can't do it any other way. So if you uh, are benefiting from uh, your listenership here, viewership if you're watching, uh, and as I said, there's something coming down the pike that I'm very excited about that's going to help us reach literally millions more people. Um, It's... just pray for us and and help us in whatever way you can. You know, i I'm, I know the Powerball is like i uh, I'm sorry Mega Millions. right? Mega Millions is like seven hundred and fifty some million dollars. <laughs> if any one of you win that or a portion of it, please promise me you'll you'll share some of your <laughs> your good luck. Uh, I I say I always tell the Lord. I've been telling the Lord for many many years. Lord, if I could win that seven hundred and fifty million dollar Mega jackpot. Know what we could do with all that? And he says, Yeah, but again, that lets everybody else off the hook. So he wants you to participate. Um, let's do this. Let's go to the Second Vatican Council decree on the apostolate of lay people, which is very, very interesting because you don't really think, as I said yesterday, you don't really think of apostolate when you think of just the laity. But this is what the Council Fathers wrote. The church was founded to spread the kingdom of Christ all over the earth for the glory of God the Father, to make all men partakers in redemption and salvation, and through them to establish the right relationship of the entire world to Christ. You know, why did Jesus found the church? Jesus founded the church to spread the kingdom of God all over the earth. God's glory evangelization the church exists to evangelize and we as members of this church are called to be evangelists or as I said yesterday we're called to be apostles not just those of us who are in an organized apostolate or ministry and I don't like to use the term ministry when I when I talk about domestic church media we are an apostolate Anytime I hear the word ministry, I always think that it implies that there is an ordained individual uh, running that particular organization. You know, people will say, thank you for your ministry. I always think, well, it, it, it's really an apostle. I'm sure we're ministering to people, yes. But anytime I hear the word ministry, I always think it refers to uh, being headed, founded by, run by ordained m- m- people in ministry. So, I don't like to, I like to use apostolate for this organization, but as the Council Fathers say, there is an apostolate of people, and they wrote, Every activity of the mystical body with this in view goes by the name of apostolate. The Church exercises it through all its members, through its, in, uh, through, in various ways. In fact, the Christian vocation is, of its nature, a vocation to the apostolate as well. In the organism of a living body, no member plays a purely passive part. Sharing in the life of the body, it shares at the same time in its activity. The same is true for the body of Christ, the Church. The whole body achieves full growth in dependence on the full functioning of each part. Between the members of this body, there exists further such a unity and a solidarity that a member who does not work at the growth of the body to the extent of his his possibilities must be considered useless both to the church and to himself. You know, I've said it many, many times over the past few years. We are called to build up the body of Christ. We are called to build up the kingdom of God here on earth. We're called to build up each other, not to tear down. As members of this same mystical body, we can't be at each other's throats. Now, we can disagree, and there is, of course, the need at times for fraternal correction. But always done with an in charity, never done in an evil way, in a way that would try to tear someone down, literally, or tear down an apostolate. You might have to fraternally correct uh, someone or something or or something that was said or something that was written, but it must be done with charity. I could tell you for, (laughs) and I I know I've shared this with you, but uh, when I first began this work many, 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 many years ago, and I was introduced to my friend, God rest his soul, he passed away about 15 years ago now, I guess. Uh, father Marian Zalecki, who was a appalling uh, father at the shrine of Schindelhova, he was from uh, Poland. Wonderful holy priest, had a great love for our blessed mother. Um, but when I first met him, the first time I ever met him, the per- person introducing us was at a at a, uh, at a con- sitting down at a conference table. Father Marion Zalecki, this is Jim Manfredonia, and I went to shake his hand, and he. Pointed his finger right in my face, Jim," he said. "Jim, the devil hates you." Oh well, okay. And he has mani- the devil has manifested that hate <laughs> many times over, in the course of my work here. And I'm just using myself as an example. He hates any individual who is trying to live a good, holy life, and especially any individual who's promoting the kingdom of God and trying to build up the kingdom of God here on earth. And when we first opened at 1260 AM, you know, our, our flagship Catholic station here in New Jersey, when we first opened it up back in 2008, I had sent out a postcard. I had a a small mailing list of individuals from previous work. It wasn't a big mailing list, but a small one ma- But I sent out a postcard just announcing the launch date, which was uh, September fifteenth, two thousand 2008, 1260 a.m., Catholic Radio in New Jersey. And, of course, it also asked to support the work. We need you to help us. So we were on the air for a day or two, I'd go to the post office the first day, box was empty. Go to the post office the second day, box was empty. Went back on the third day, there was one envelope. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. Our first donation. (laughs) Well, I opened up the envelope, and inside the envelope was torn into many, 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 many pieces the postcard that I had sent out. (laughs) And that was the the first piece of mail we received here. At uh, domestic church media, was the postcard announcing 12:60 a.m. shredded in someone's anger, I suppose, and sent back to me? That was the way it started. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's been, and it's been like it happens, it, it never stops. Never stops. The devil wants this work done, he wants it out of here, he wants it over, he doesn't want it to grow. But that's the work of apostolate, just like you as, as laypeople. We're all called to build up the kingdom. As the Council Fathers say about the, the role of the laity or the apostolate of lay people in the church there is diversity of ministry but unity of mission. We are many parts. I'm very blessed that the Lord asked me to do what I'm doing. I have the means, we have the means here, of reaching potentially millions of souls every single day. But as I said yesterday, in talking about the role of the apostolate of the layperson, is every individual, you don't need a microphone and a 5,000-watt transmitter to reach people. You encounter them every day, and one-on-one encounters are the most powerful You have more power in your opportunity for evangelization than than I do, I believe, because you can change a soul one-on-one. I sit behind the microphone, I don't see anybody. I just let let the signal go out there. It goes around the world. So we have a diversity of ministry, but a unity of mission. The fathers right to the apostles and their successors. Christ has entrusted the office of teaching, sanctifying, governing in his name and by his power. But the laity are made to share in the priestly, prophetic, uh, prophetical, and kingly office of Christ. They have therefore in the church and in the world their own assignment in the mission of the whole people of God. In the concrete, their apostolate is exercised when they work at the evangelization and sanctification of men. It is exercised too when they endeavor to have the gospel spirit permeate and improve the temporal order, going about it in a way that bears clear witness to Christ and helps forward the salvation of men. We see our world being turned inside out, don't we, friends, these days? We see the anger, we see the hatred, we see the violence, we see the threats of violence. But we know and I, I believe that so many uh, I'm going to say a majority of those individuals who promote that type of behavior, ideology, people who uh, do those things, people who are living immoral lives, people who are, are uh, um, uh, show lack of integrity. I think a majority, not all, but a majority of those people just don't know Jesus or did know him at one time and walked away from him. You know, the, the sad thing about even the state of our, our own church, every generation seems to be losing the next. You know, it was in, in 1960, I think, uh, they said regular mass attendance in the Catholic Church was about 80%. 20% didn't go. And here we are 60 years later, and it's inverted. 85% of Catholics who say they're Catholic don't go to Mass regularly. 15 to 17% do. So you see the deterioration of the passing on of the faith down through the generations. What's going to happen next? With the current generation raising their families, their children, especially in this situation where, because of the pandemic, the um, requirement to go to Mass isn't there right now. You know, because of the dispensation given, uh, people don't have to go to Mass. And so, Sadly, many of our young people just aren't going and getting out of the habit and may never come back. And Now, tomorrow, tomorrow's program, Cheryl and I uh, are going to have a guest who's going to talk about that. And, and, and how do we get them back? But you and I, who are trying to live our, our, our faith and trying to live uh, according to our baptismal call, it's up to us right now. While we're still here in this world, to do all that we can to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church through the apostolate that is ours as lay people. And the fathers write, the characteristic of the lay state being a life led in the midst of the world and of secular affairs, lay people are called by God to make of their apostolate through the vigor of the Christian spirit eleven in the world. That's not a suggestion. That's an exhortation. That's, a, that's something that the Council Fathers, inspired by the Holy Spirit, instruct us to, to do and to be. The characteristic of the lay state being a life led in the midst of the world and of secular affairs, lay people are called by God to make their apostolate through the vigor of the Christian spirit eleven in the world. So I'm hoping this year as we go through the year together, that we do more of this and just start to really build up and and reinforce uh, our faith to send us out into the world to be that true light of Christ in the world, to be that evangelist through our apostolic works. I'll take a break when I come back. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, don't go away, be right back. I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m.
1: on these Domestic Church
0: Media Stations. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
1: I read a pamphlet the other day on abortion. You know, it started out with aborting babies by various cruel methods, and now they're not happy with that. Now they take them out alive, put a hole in the back of their head, and suck out the brains for experiment. Do you think for one minute that the Lord God who breathed the soul into that tiny little body is going to put up? with that kind of cruelty and satanic cruelty to boot. And they oh no, mother, you know, that's your religion. Oh goodness, it's not even a matter of religion, it's a matter of humanity. It's a matter of life.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
1: Father Benedict Crochelle They're all legitimate differences of opinion in any religion. There are differences of opinion in Catholicism, but in Catholicism, you expect that people will take the teaching of its supreme authority seriously. To go diametrically opposed to those teachings is to not be a Catholic. Someone in the name of Catholicism is sponsoring the destruction of human life, lives of unborn children. And they got the name Catholic on the door, The highest authority in Catholicism in the encyclical Romane Vitae, Evangelium Vitae, is absolutely clear that no Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio.
0: From East Brunswick to East Windsor, Newtown to Neptune, Farmingdale to Flemington, Spring Lake to Stockton, from Colts Neck to Columbia, New Hope to New Egypt, Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. welcome back on this lovely January 14th, 2021. I hope you're enjoying some of the day. Again, a beautiful day out today. It feels like winter, but not too cold, not snowy or sleety, <laughs> uh, not even a damp rain. So I hope you're enjoying it. Thanking God for the gift of this day. This is the day the Lord has made, and so we rejoice and are glad in it. Every day we're given, my friends, is another day to open our eyes and open our hearts to praise the Lord and honor God and to the work that we're called to do in this world, to build up the kingdom here on earth, and to be an evangelist, to be an apostle, and uh, I hope that when you listen to the programs we present to you here on Domestic Church Media, that that reinforces that, that that helps you in, in, your, in your great uh, mission as an apostle. Um, you know, we give you 160, what, 168 hours of Catholic radio, 24-7, 12, uh, and, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Catholic teaching, a lot of Catholic witness, a lot of Catholic programming. And we need it. You know, when I first began listening to, um, religious radio, there was no Catholic radio back in the early 1990s. There was none. I would listen to and whatever I could find on, on the radio. And there were a few different, uh, evangelical stations out there, um, Thanks be to God through Mother Angelica's inspiration through EWTN and, and Mother's inspiration in 1991 to start a shortwave uh, radio um, station and then to encourage people like us to buy stations down here on Earth and uh, bring that satellite feed into a local uh, station and get it out to the people. But everything's changing now. You know, technology, the way technology is, when we first began— Doing what we're doing now, um, we didn't have all this other technology to use. It was just if you wanted to hear um, anything on EWTN radio, you needed us. You know, you needed us to be able to broadcast it to you, to bring it to you. Now, with all the other technology. But that's okay. Mother Angelica once said that we just need to saturate the airwaves with Catholic teaching. Just saturate the airwaves. And, um, uh, we're doing that the best we can right now and we're going to do even more i believe the way things are going I, I see as i said i'm i can't get into details but i'm i'm getting excited about <laughs> possibilities here and it's funny because you know the lord the lord always gives me an 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 affirmation uh as i go forward in this work um over the past few days there's no i've always said there's no incidental encounter every encounter has a meaning. You know, there's nothing incidental about who you meet, when you meet them, what the meeting was about. And I'm talking not, you know, phone calls or emails, whatever. And over the past few days or week or so, I've been getting just affirmation from the Lord through people's contact with me about ideas and things. And so he's doing something. (laughs) So, hey, we're just the instruments, you know, we just... We're we're the paintbrush in the hands of the master. We, we, we're we just inanimate in our—he <laughs> takes care of the rest, and, and uh, so there's a lot of good things happening. So please pray for us, and again, my friends, please be generous when you support us because we need you. Uh, coming up Monday, of course, it's third Monday already in January. Uh, it is a holiday. It's Martin Luther King Day, but um, we'll be here, and uh, also we'll be here at 3 o'clock. Bruce DeBacco with Come to the Throne for his hour of prayer. So I I know Bruce loves to pray with you live over the air. Uh, We get more texts, I guess, text prayer requests and emails. But I know he loves to speak with you as well. So you'll have that opportunity if you want. You can call in and pray with Bruce for your special intentions or text us or email us. And for an hour, beginning at 3 o'clock on Monday, uh, coming up, uh, which is the 18th, is it? Tomorrow's the 15th, 16th, yep, it's the 18th. Uh, Bruce will be here. So, And tomorrow, of course, is Friday already. Cheryl and I will be here with Friday Live. We have a couple of great guests joining us, music, talk, all kinds of stuff. So I hope you join us at 4 o'clock tomorrow uh, for Friday Live. And um, we always enjoy coming to you on Friday afternoon. We say we get home on Friday evening after having done the program. And, you know, the week is long. <laughs> and... Cheryl's very busy, and her Fridays usually are very busy. She has to be up uh, at her parish for eight o'clock mass, and then she works all day. Then comes here and does the program. And, uh, we finish at six, and then <laughs> we get home and say, oh, "It's been a long week," but we love it. We love, we love being here for you. Uh, so I thought we'd go to the catechism today. It is Thursday, of course, and this is the section on the revelation of prayer. universal call to prayer in the age of the Church uh, from the Catechism of of the Catholic Church. And, you know, you can't do anything at all without prayer. And it's that wonderful communication with Almighty God, and it it forces us to just put aside everything else, you know, and just turn turn the distractions of the world away from us and focus on our love for Almighty God and our communicating with Him. So the the Catechism breaks it down, um, and it begins by talking about blessing and adoration. Blessing and adoration. And paragraph 2626 says, Blessing expresses the movement of Christian prayer. It is an encounter between God and man. In blessing, God's gift and man's acceptance of it are united in dialogue with each other. The prayer of blessing is man's response to God's gifts because God blesses. The human heart can, in return, bless the one who is the source of every blessing. Two fundamental forms express the movement. Our prayer ascends in the Holy Spirit through Christ to the Father. We bless him for having blessed us. It implores the grace of the Holy Spirit that descends through Christ from the Father. He blesses us. So this wonderful, I and mean, we, you know, I always think about we bless, you know, ourselves in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We we receive that beautiful final blessing at the end of uh, Holy Mass. Um. So this blessing, which expresses this basic. Uh, movement of Christian prayer, as the Catum says, it's this encounter between God and man. God's gift and our acceptance of it united in this dialogue with each other. Adoration, paragraph twenty eight, I'm sorry, twenty six, twenty eight, adoration is the first attitude of man acknowledging that he is a creature before the crea- before his creator. It exalts the greatness of the Lord who made us and the almighty power of the Savior who sets us free from evil. Adoration is homage of the spirit of the, kingdom of, the King of Glory, respectful silence in the presence of the ever-greater God. Adoration of the thrice holy and sovereign God of love blends with humility and gives assurance to our supplications. I know we have, in our listening areas, and and wherever you are listening or watching, I'm sure you have available to you somewhere, um, opportunity for Eucharistic adoration. You know, here is the real, true presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And in Eucharistic adoration, where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed to us, we have opportunity to go and adore. Adoration is the first attitude of our acknowledgement that we are creatures before our Creator. And it exalts the greatness of the Lord who made us. You know, and and I know and again, we're very blessed because we have the Blessed Sacrament here in the building in the tabernacle. I don't we don't have Eucharistic adoration often. We have it very, very rarely. Um, But of course, the Lord is still here. He's in the tabernacle. He's not exposed in the Blessed Sacrament, but He's here. We're having having Mass, as a matter of fact, uh, this evening, Um, a private Mass. And uh, by the way, in that private Mass, uh, Father Butler comes and says, Mass for us. God bless him. Um, I have all of your uh, prayer requests from Advent and Christmas in your mailing, so they're all in the chapel. So we'll offer the Mass for all of those intentions on uh, uh, Mass. You know, but here we have opportunity in in Eucharistic adoration, or just to go adore the Lord in any way we can. The uh, the homage of the spirit of the King uh, to the King of Glory. Respectful silence, you know, in His presence it's and as the catechism says adoration is the thrice holy and sovereign god of love uh, blends with humility and gives assurance to our supplications just go have a heart to heart with the lord you know so that's blessing and adoration next is the prayer of petition in paragraph 2629 the catechism says the vocabulary of supplication in the new testament is rich in shades of meaning ask beseech plead invoke entreat cry out even struggle in prayer in its most usual form the catechism says because of the most because of the most spontaneous is petition by prayer of petition we express awareness of our relationship with god we are creatures who are not our own beginning, not the masters of adversity, not our own last end. We are sinners who, as Christians, know that we have turned away from our Father. Our petition is already a turning back to Him. And true, the the, uh, prayer petition is the most usual form. We go to the Lord to uh, ask, beseech, plead, invoke, entreat, cry out, even struggle. Yes, we go, and we thank him, and we should be. But, you know, the, 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 uh, the old um, cliché from the wars, you know, there, is no, there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> All of a sudden, people believe in God and, and go to God, help me here, get me out of here. Spare my life, Lord. The prayer of petition. Petition. The new the Catechism says the New Testament scarce uh, contains scarcely any prayers of lamentation, so frequent in the Old Testament. In the risen Christ, the Church's petition is buoyed by hope. Even if we still wait in a state of expectation, and must be converted anew every day. Christian prayer, when Saint Paul what Saint Paul calls groaning, arises from the depth that of cre- uh, creation in labor pains and that of ourselves as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. I remember reading one time um, St. Pope John Paul II would pray. He'd go into his little private chapel there, and there was a, a kneeler in the middle of the chapel. And uh, it was said that John Paul would go to the kneeler and, and enter so deeply in prayer, You would they would just hear him as St. Paul described it groaning from the depth of his very being, that's how deep in prayer he would get, and he would be. And I'm sure many of the great saints uh, down through the ages. We've all had our experiences, I'm sure, of of our very deep, sincere um, prayers of petition at times in our life where we had nowhere else nowhere else to go. We felt we were at the bottom of everything and could only look up in prayer to the Lord and beg him for assistance in whatever our need was. Nothing wrong with that. We may not always get the answer we expect or want or ask for, but the Lord hears every single prayer. And as I said, I have a stack in, in the chapel uh, over the uh, ad, throughout Advent and Christmas when you were returning those envelopes from our newsletter, and many of you who would use that envelope to return your uh, pledge from the Radiothon. Majority of them, not all, but the majority of them always had prayer requests written on them, on the space provided. And I would sit here throughout Advent and Christmas in the chapel before the tabernacle and go through each of these petitions Prayers that were written down on the envelopes and pray for you. Pray for those needs. Pray for those intentions. As I said, they're still in the chapel, and we'll at Mass this evening we will offer up the Mass for all of these intentions that we have in there. So if you did send us a prayer request in uh, December be assured that already it's been prayed for, but we're going to offer Holy Mass for that intention tonight. So, um, uh, that's one of our, our, our arms of, of mission here at the Apostolate, to be able to do that for you. Um, the Catechism also says, for in this hope we were saved. In the end, however, with sighs too deep for words, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. You know, there's there's the formal prayers that we can pray, which help us in those, especially in those times where we we don't know how to pray. You know, we have the wonderful uh, um, f- prayer forms. As I said, I love to pray. The morning prayer, the Liturgy of the Hours, morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayers I love night prayer. Um, and, and during the day, sometimes I will go into the chapel and pray just daytime prayer. It's all there. You know, it, it helps. <laughs> but other times, you know, I just kind of like to sit in there with Jesus and just kind of have a heart to heart from my heart to his. No audible words. I don't want the devil hearing what I'm praying. Jesus knows. And there are times where we just, you know, in our own weakness, don't pray as we ought, as Scripture says. But the Holy Spirit will intercede for us with sighs too deep for words. Our Catechism says the first movement of prayer, a petition, is asking forgiveness, like the tax collector in the parable. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It's a prerequisite for righteous and pure prayer. A trusting humility brings us back into the light of communion between the Father and His Son, Christ, and with one another, uh, so that we receive from Him whatever we ask. Asking forgiveness is the prerequisite for both the Eucharistic liturgy and personal prayer. Look, we're all sinners. We We all fall. And... We have to go to the Lord and ask to be forgiven. We have offended him by our sins. So we take this time in prayer and we go to the Lord and, and, and place ourselves before him in all humility, in all contrition, and ask for forgiveness. And the Catechism says asking forgiveness is the prerequisite for both the Eucharistic liturgy and personal prayer. Christian petition is centered on the desire and the search for the kingdom to come. In keeping with the teaching of Christ, there is a hierarchy in these petitions. We first pray for the kingdom, then for what is necessary to welcome it and cooperate with its coming. This collaboration with the mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit, which is now that of the church, is the object of the prayer of the apostolic community. It is the prayer of Paul, the apostle par excellence, which reveals to us how the divine solicitude for all the churches ought to inspire Christian prayer. By prayer, every baptized person works for the coming of the kingdom. And you see, our mission here in this life, praying for the coming of the kingdom, you know, we want Jesus to come back. (laughs) We want him to come back soon, right? Well, doesn't that mean the end of the world? Yeah, but Jesus comes back. (laughs) Then we see him. He'll come back, uh, and everybody will know he's back. Not like the first time. Born in an obscure village. But this time, when he comes back, everybody's going to know. We should be praying for that, the coming of the kingdom. And we should long for that, you know there was that, and I know it's changed in, in our uh, one of our uh, prayers, the doc, I guess it was the doxology at, at Holy Mass, where um, we would pray, um, or the priest would pray uh, for the coming of the kingdom. Uh, and, and the words were with grateful an- with, with grateful anticipation, or ho- with hopeful anticipation. We await the coming of the Lord. Hopeful anticipation. We wait for the coming of the Lord. We want Jesus to come back. We should be praying for that. And then the catechism says in paragraph 2633, When we share in God's saving love, we understand that every need can become the object of petition. Christ, who assumed all things in order to redeem us, is glorified by what we ask the Father in his name. It is with this confidence that St. James and St. Paul exhort us to pray at all times. In Jesus' name, we pray. We glorify the Lord by what we ask the Father in his name. In Jesus' name, we pray. And we should, we should be doing that. And prayer is such an imp- an important part of the christian's life. You know, I think if if you if, when people begin to stray from the church, when people begin to stray from uh moral behavior or people begin to lose a sense of of decency or integrity, <clears throat> you can almost be sure <clears throat> they're not praying. <laughs> Prayer keeps you close to the Lord. In communication keeps just like with anyone you love. If you can continually communicate with them, You remain close to them. And in times of of difficulty, times of temptation, uh, times of, of sadness, times of joy, pray. Go to the Lord and pray. And your spirit will be uplifted because you're lifting up your heart and mind to the Lord in that prayer. So, this section again, uh, friends, is the section in the Catechism, the Universal Call to Prayer, Article Three in the Age of the Church, Prayer of Petition, Paragraph Twenty Six and Twenty Nine. I'm sorry, Twenty Six Twenty Nine through Twenty Six Thirty Three. And the previous uh, to that, we did also Prayer of Blessing and Adoration, Twenty Six Twenty Six to Twenty Six Twenty Eight. So it's a great section in the catechism. We'll we'll, we'll go back to it uh, next week. Um, And as the Holy Father is teaching about prayer in his general audiences, we'll try to complement that here by going to the catechism as well uh, to teach. And next uh, week we'll talk about prayer of intercession. So uh, I hope you can join me for that. Well, my time is almost up here, my brothers and sisters. Again, I'll just remind you uh, that we do need you. And if you are... um, in any way able. We ask you, please, to support us financially. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. All of our mailing information is there. You can also donate donate online. We need to keep the Catholic voice vibrantly proclaiming this joy and this good news in this world of darkness. Uh, Cheryl I will be here tomorrow at four for Friday Live. Uh, have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.